0: We know that building and running a company is hard work and that its success requires great leadership. Because we believe people can achieve incredible things, we want to shine a light on those people who are improving their organizations. Join us as Core Talent's Laura King invites presidents, CEOs, and executives to share their stories on how they have transformed their business and implemented unique strategies to ensure its success. Welcome to Core Talent Connects. Here's your host, Laura King.
1: Welcome to Core Talent Connect. Today, I am here with Kelsey Beach of Do Good Events. Kelsey, would you share with our listeners a little bit more about you?
2: Yeah. Hey, Laura, thanks for having me and great to be in this virtual space with you all. Uh, Do Good Event is my event planning business. That I started about eight years ago and we focus on collaborating with our clients on business and nonprofit events. So we really become the project managers to take that stress of planning off our clients' plates. We uh, last year in 2019 hosted about a hundred events, a little bit more, and with our nonprofit partners assisted them in raising almost $8 million with their nonprofit events. So really believe in the power of events and the good they can do in our world to cultivate
1: community and make a difference that is simply amazing and you have had quite last four months so really you know I was so excited to have you on Kelsey for many different reasons but one of them is I mean with everything happening in the event space right now I'd love for you to talk to us really just the business pivot that you've made as an events company?
2: Yeah, you know, it has been crazy as it has for so many people. Um, I, I can vividly remember being on a call with a client on, I think it was Friday, March 6th, talking about their event scheduled for Saturday, March 14th. And at this moment, like Minnesota was just bubbling a little bit about COVID-19 and we'd gotten one or two ticket holders that said, Hey, is the event still on? Any changes? We were expecting like 800 people in a ballroom. Um, And we had a leadership call that day on March 6th and we felt confident and responsible in our choice to move forward. And Less than a week later, I think it was March 12th. We officially decided we needed to go virtual, and that was the only responsible choice to make. So, just like all of us felt, I mean, the rug just got pulled out so quickly. Um, and that was our first virtual event, and we did that one with about 48 hours turn time, um, and quickly did some amazing pivots and awesome vendors and an awesome client that was able to crush their event goals even in the virtual space. And since then, we've been able to obviously figure out best practices in this virtual world. Um, We'd always had some events with virtual live streaming type of components, but this is a whole new ballgame. So figuring out what are those best practices, helping our clients that have just been afraid. I think this is such an unknown space and it's an intimidating space. So there's just been a lot of education and helping folks see the opportunity in the virtual space. I think for so long and for many, it continues to be seen as a compromise when really like there's just immense opportunity. Um, you know, I think for a lot of the nonprofits, they've in the last couple months, like they still have needed mission critical funding that their events bring. So postponing and canceling hasn't always been an option. So it's been amazing to find this space in the virtual world that we can still gather and still hit those goals. Um, a lot of our corporate events have canceled. Um, You know, they, they didn't need the event as much and could afford to take a year off or do other things. So that's been hard. I mean, we've definitely, you know, we've had to lay people off. We've had to make huge adjustments as to how we're working and making sure that we weather this storm um, and come out, you know, kind of stronger than ever on the other side. But it has been, I mean, the, the part that's kept me motivated and inspired and kind of one foot in front of the other every day has just been seeing how well people are doing and enjoying learning and this challenge of this new space. I mean, I think, you start a business cause you're able to get kind of gritty and get the job done and figure out how, when you don't know the answers. And that's kind of the space I feel like we've been in. So it's been a ton of just connecting with our vendors on a weekly basis to hear what they've been learning, really taking the time after our virtual events to say what did and didn't work. What will we do next time? And sometimes it's really big things. And other times it's just small things that make a world of difference. Um, so yeah, it's been quite an interesting few months and, um, I, I'm happy we have found a place to land for now, but I am also so anxious for those in-person events again. And unfortunately, I think they're a little ways away.
1: I know you're, you are like me in the sense of you get your energy from seeing people and like the, the whole experience. How have you had to shift your mindset to be able to bring that kind of energy to the virtual space?
2: Yeah, you know, I think for me, I, like many of us, went through kind of that grief cycle and I think continue to cycle back through it sometimes. Um, but one thing that really helped me was finding a way to professionally, you know, I, I think we've all heard the be the helpers, find the helpers, um, and to professionally be a helper. Um, you know, and, and Laura, you know, one of the first things that we got really excited about after a couple weeks when we caught our breath was realizing we need to do something. We're learning a lot and we are becoming. A wealth of knowledge, and we were drinking from the fire hose so others didn't have to, and kind of being able to say, Here's what we found for you. Um, so, we put together a virtual conference that was focused on nonprofit event planners. And that to me is such a special community that doesn't always have a place to gather and was really floundering in this space and was doing incredible work. I mean, our nonprofits have been busier than ever these past few months as well. So, they were spread so thin. So, that to me, was one thing that really helped me um you know it was great to we made a little bit of money on it but it wasn't even about that it was about the ability to get excited and feel like we were making a difference and doing something that was in my professional hub um so that felt really good so that to me was huge and i keep trying to find things like that in this space. Um, It's one of the reasons why we've launched our membership group, Planner to Planner. Um, That is for nonprofit event planners exclusively. So membership's open now and it's gonna be August to August. But really just finding that I enjoy and get a lot of, Personal motivation and inspiration out of gathering in that community and providing knowledge and insights and trends and consulting to that group. Um, so that's been really fun. So that for me has been a big one that's helped keep me sane. Um, you know, and we were talking before we logged on, but you know, just trying to find my new routine and rhythms too, and recognizing what I need in this space. I mean, it's been challenging to work forty hours. Um, you know, when you're home with a toddler and everyone's kind of adapting. So I think that's been another thing for me too. Is just Trying to do some of that self care and not lose sight of recognizing when I need something for myself too.
1: And the hard—I've always thought the hardest person, you know, as the leader of a company, the hardest person to lead sometimes is ourself. And so that taking care of yourself and figuring out how you're going to show up for others. Before we get into how you have um, been a leader inside your your organization, I I think some listeners are a little curious too about the event space and just give it, give us some, some, you know, tactical, like how are people doing it and what, you know, what, what is happening? Yeah.
2: You know, honestly, it is so cool. Virtual events are doing great. I think we need to adjust expectations. Some, Um, you know, things like our programs are for nonprofits, especially are 30 minutes long, our business events. If it was a two day conference, it's now a six hour, one day conference. Right. So there's, there's these shifts that are happening, but we are finding that the opportunities are amazing like the opportunity to have more attendees than ever and to be filling that pipeline which i feel like is something for years everybody wants to do with their events but it's been really difficult to do but we've removed so many barriers with virtual events um you know usually they're less expensive oftentimes they're free there's you know the geographical barrier that's gone sometimes even the time barrier because oftentimes virtual events are living on after kind of the live moment um so it's been really neat to see i think the the stat i heard recently was on average the virtual Virtual event is seeing 30% of folks attending are brand new to the organization, so I think that's just incredible and mind blowing to me. And um, then on the virtual on the fundraising side, you know we're seeing many of these events are hitting their event goals, and people were really worried that not being in person would impact them not hitting those goals. But what we're finding is there's definitely cost savings, right? You're not having food, beverage, venue. And so even if you don't raise quite as much, you're netting darn close to the same um, because we're still finding people want impact right now. People want meaning. And this is one way that as the general public, we can do so is by supporting our organizations and really coming together kind of for the greater good. So I think that's been really neat. You know we're on um, in an event coalition group I've been so proud of our event industry in Minnesota and just watching our vendor friends step up and create these groups and spaces for community over competition type of thing um, so we're in this group event coalition and we do a weekly zoom call of just what are the guidelines? What do we need clarification on? What are people doing? What's safe? What's, what are we liable for? I mean, there's just a lot of questions out there of, you know, who's liable if, if a COVID outbreak happens at an event? Is it the planners? Is it the caterers? Is it the event host? So there's just a lot of really interesting kind of behind the curtain conversations happening and really just impressed with how like our caterers are taking strong stances on the way they're changing their menus. I mean, I don't think we're going to see a buffet at an event in a long time. And there's just so many funny little things like that, that for those, you know, have gone out out to eat for the first time since COVID, you find, oh, there's a lot of changes. Maybe I'm now, you know, scanning to look at the menu and, you know, just different things. Um, and I think we're going to see that same thing with events as they do come back in person, whether in small gatherings or eventually larger gatherings, but just these small changes, um, you know, that we're all talking about kind of, yeah, behind the curtains. So it's really interesting. Um, I'm also having fun that we're people are starting to get really jazzed about more creative events, and you know we've got a drive-through event coming up in August, so I'm really excited about that. Ooh, what 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 What, what is that one for? It is for Frasier. So it's typically their walk for autism and they're going to be doing a drive through experience on August 1st now instead. And I just, it's going to be really neat. So there'll be kind of, um, you know, engagement stations along the way that'll be really safe for folks, but still allow that opportunity for connection and in-person connection, you know, and it's, it's funny You start looking at those kinds of things. And then there's a whole plethora of new things to think about of, okay, kids in the backseat, how do we keep them entertained? How do we deal with car lineups? What do we need from traffic? You know, so it's, it's, really fun. Um I saw an article of an event in Paris recently that was a floating event and they did like a big movie screen out on the river and had people come in their boats. And so Minnesota, I want to do that. If anybody's in, <laughs> I think it would be incredible at on one of our lakes to do
1: it. In the show oh, notes, we'll give give Kelsey's contact information. Reach out to her if you're interested in the <laughs> right so, the floating. Yeah it was a float in. So like not a float drive in, in but a float yeah, in. Float in. Um,
2: yeah. so I just think you know that's the the first wave here we in the spring just was responding, right? And it was just being reactive. It had to be. Um, and most of our clients had programs that were already, you know, in motion and down the road. And now people are being able to be much more proactive. And we know we're going to need to be creative and events aren't going to look like they looked for quite some time yet. So now that's the fun space for us, I think, is, okay, how do we get creative, um, you know, in that kind of space? But I, I do think virtual events are here for, a long time and probably will be a component of events, even once we come back together in person. I mean, like we're seeing in the workplace, the way we work is different. And so I, I do think we're going to be seeing this component of expectation that I can access an event virtually for,
1: for many years to come. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see this new chapter. And do you have any events that are doing elements of in-person
2: Yeah. So we've got um, a couple small events coming up. We've got like a client appreciation picnic that's hoping for 60 people in a backyard. Um, We did have a lot of events considering doing sort of a hybrid model uh, with a small in-person group and then live streaming out. But for most of them, most of them were fundraisers and it became fairly cost prohibitive. Um, Just not worth the ROI to have the people in person. So we've got a couple small things. We've got a few groups for the fall, like crossing their fingers and holding on that hopefully we'll be able to gather in person with a couple hundred people in big ballrooms. Um, So we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I think in those situations, and we're having big conversations about how do we make sure people are safe, of course, and then how do we make sure people are comfortable. You know, so is it? Um, you know, I, I saw a picture the other day of people being able to pick out a colored wristband as they walked into the event, and green was like, "I'm ready to hug, let's go," and yellow was like, "I'm practicing caution, but we'll talk to you from a distance," and red was sort of like, "Give me my space." Um, so I think there's just interesting things like that that we need to be considering as we invite people to come together in person, even in these small groups, uh, letting them know what we're doing for health safety precautions, and then making sure that there's a way they can signify their comfort level. Because I think that's like a big thing for folks right now is I don't want to feel uncomfortable or out of place or, you know, hurt somebody's feelings or offend someone.
1: So it's really interesting as we start thinking about some of those next pieces. I saw I saw the picture too. I thought I thought of you and thought, this is fantastic to make sure that, yeah, people can choose what they what their comfort level is. Yes, exactly. So
2: it's really been interesting. Um, Yeah, but it'll be nice to see people back in person. You know, I think the other big thing we're talking with folks about a lot right now is how do we engage in the virtual space? And that's really challenging. Um, You know, we've got some groups doing some really cool things using Zoom rooms as maybe would have been tables for their events. So people are able to do some networking in small groups in Zoom rooms and then be released to sort of the bigger program, if you will, and then go back to their small rooms. Um, You know, we've got some groups looking at doing after party with trivia or scavenger hunts, or you know, Jeopardy, where it's you against the CEO. Um, so there's some neat things that are coming out of this. Or um, been talking with John Crossgrove with Voice Hive about some interactive website hubs where people can go in and take surveys, or together create word clouds, or make their own profiles. So there's some neat things out there. Um, but that's been one of the hardest parts to replicate is just that organic you know, business card exchange that happens at an event? And how do we create that organic moment in that virtual space? So I think that's, um, you know, one of the next things we keep trying to learn more and more in that space and get creative on for our
1: clients and for our attendees. Well, I love to hear too, that your competitors, you're all coming together as a community and you're going to solve this together. You're not going to solve it, you know, just as a single independent business, but coming together, that's the power, isn't it?
2: So, so true. Yeah, no, I love that you say that it is. and it's it makes it more fun um, and and definitely is one of those things that helps, I think, on those trying days when you know that you're in it together and in a greater space than our bubbles.
1: <laughs> so switching gears, kind of coming back to you know your business and you know you know talking about some of the ways that you've had to think through you know your leadership um and you know showing up for your employees. you know, talk to talk to us about, you know, how have you approached this with your, your employees? Because I've heard everything from, you know, a gentleman I talked to <clears throat> the other day said their manager has literally talked to them twice in the last four months. Wow. And so, it, you know, it, there, there's varying degrees of communication, of interaction. Um, but walk us through your thought processes, you know, from the time this hit in March to maybe what the cadence looks like today.
2: Yeah, I think you're spot on. Those just consistent check-ins are so important. Um, and for us, it's employees and we have a lot of contractors as well that work with us. And so being able to, especially with employees, check in frequently. I mean, when this hit in early March, we were connecting every day and doing a group Zoom call and keeping everybody really up to date and really being really transparent, um, You know, sharing budgets and sharing impact financially. And I, I think obviously that helped to that helped a lot i think when we did have to do layoffs i mean that was one of my worst professional days ever of course but i think people people saw it coming and not in, but in a, in a good way, like they felt like, I understand this. Like, I know why I know it's not anything anybody did. Like I I see the writing on the wall because we've been really transparent on what was happening over those few weeks. Um, you know, so I think continuing to just keep that transparency has been really huge for us. And that's always been a model of mine is, you know, if you work in a small business, I think that's one of the benefits you get is transparency. Um, you know, we've always done quarterly workshops and shared, shared everything. Um, so that's, I think something that we've really been trying to continue, um, especially with kind of my, my right hand, Hannah, who's our director of experience and really just keeping her involved in the decision-making and letting her have a big voice there. But yeah, I think those check-ins have been really powerful. And we've been definitely trying to do things too, I think, you know, beyond just our internal team, but keeping our contractors doing consistent happy hour check-ins, trying just to do some emails of like, Hey, truly, I want you to respond. How are you? I'm thinking of you, um, you know, checking in with other planners that have been helpful for me and my network and knowing that we're yeah, kind of all in this together. So those things have been huge for us. Um, you know, and 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 remembering to keep some of our traditions alive. Um, To be honest, I almost forgot and then was talking with my colleague and we always do pedicures to celebrate. Usually the spring's obviously a very busy time and we usually do those in June to kind of celebrate the end of the busy season. And it was like, oh yeah, it was a different type of busy season and we still need to keep the annual pedicure tradition going. So just trying to make sure we keep some of those things, even though it's hard to remember and life looks different, keeping those um, in addition to those just consistent touch points. And it it does seem just... um, a quick check-in goes a long way as, you know, and, and for us, there's so much in group knowledge and group think that's always been a benefit and something we've loved doing. So making sure we're all sharing those best practices we're learning together has been huge too. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's been a tricky one. You know, it, it's been hard when you've had to lay people off and do some of those things and change your employee base, but keeping that, um, keeping that transparency, I think has helped keep
1: confidence for the team we have today. And as we, as we grow from here. Well, that's wonderful to hear, too, that you were very consistent about your communication. You know, yeah. that, that's just it. You know, employees want to hear what's happening, e- even down to the financials. Absolutely. Because it, it helps them make sense of, you know, you know, I think so many people ruminate about sort of worst case scenario versus, gosh, if you just know this, it, it just takes a little bit of that anxiety mm-hmm. off their plate. Yes, absolutely,
2: absolutely. And yeah, try to be as kind of a human as we can be in really cruddy times, right? Like nobody wants to do that, but how can we do it as
1: kind as we can? I suppose? Now that you can predict the future, but what do you see as you are planning for twenty twenty one
2: Yeah, you know it is i I feel like I say a lot, like, well, if I had the crystal ball, um you know, I wish I did, and we certainly learn more, I feel like every week, um. You know, I think like many people, I thought that at this juncture, we would know more than we do. um, And yet we know a lot more than we did in late March. So, you know, I think right now the hard part is everybody's got a little bit of, is there going to be a surge? What are people's comfort levels? So 2021 right now, we're seeing people starting to plan for in-person with that virtual component associated with it. So we are seeing people get comfortable again, kind of starting to make those plans for in-person, but definitely looking at that virtual component and really looking stronger than ever at contracts, Um, you know, and making, you know, we've always done strong contract negotiations, but this is a whole new level. Um, You know, we've got a couple of events that bring in international travelers too. So we're really writing into contracts things, not just like that Minnesota guidelines allow us to host our event, but that people can travel in for the event. Cause I think that's the other big thing right now that we have, I've been surprised at how much of our attendance or anticipated attendance for events has pivoted on travel guidelines or company policies. Um, You know, I think a lot of companies out there have put big bans on types of sizes of events employees can go to or whether or not employees can travel. So I think those are interesting things that we're just really trying to be insightful on and help protect our clients um, so that they don't end up in a place of, you know, a total financial hit if they're not able to host their event for means outside of their control. So that's been, I think, a couple things that, you know, we're working hard on right now with folks. Um, But yeah, I think 2021, we'll start to see people gathering again in person. But I do think it's going to look different still for a while. You know, our, a lot of our caterers are, you know, it's not going to necessarily be rounds of 10. It might be rounds of six people. And so just making some of those adjustments. Um, but I I think it'll be pretty natural. I think we're also going to find some people that even come the spring might not be ready to be in the ballroom of a thousand people yet. And so Mm -hmm. then they'll be in that, you know, kind of virtual space as well. Um, yeah so it's it's we'll see I think it's constantly uh kind of like well
1: right now here today here's what we're saying and then check in with us again and we'll let you know the update uh, in the coming weeks as well so well you are so um, mentally resilient to be able to deal with this amount of change I think that that's um, an outstanding quality to have and and you know, knowing you as a human I think you know you're not none of us are perfect but your ability to you know you've made pivots before in the business so it's just you know, keeping that, that mindset of I'm ready, but you know, I, I know that what I planned for last week might not be the plan this week. And just knowing that that change is constant. Yes. I appreciate that, Laura. Yeah. You know, it's certainly something
2: in the realm of event planning in general that I think people know, but it's, it's usually the things we hope nobody sees. I mean, we've had, I've had a, you know, a venue that flooded two days before an event. I mean, you just never know an event. You always have to be ready for A, B, and C. And then the thing that you never knew could happen, but like, how do you respond without panic and being able to find those creative solutions? Um, And so I think that's always kind of been part of our, part of what our business has been built on.
1: Well, thank you for all of this. Um, I, I think it's, it's you know, not, again, not that you have the crystal ball, but just understanding a little bit more about your world and how you've pivoted um, as an event company is uh, is an incredible story to hear, Kelsey. And is there any um, any other words of wisdom that you have for other business owners that you've, you know, would say, gosh, this has really helped me through the last couple of months um, before we move on to our lightning round? Ooh, great question. Um...
2: You know, I guess I would say definitely for me, the last couple of months have shown having community and not being afraid to reach out and just have conversations and ask for help has been, fuel and also helped us to be able to become kind of the experts in this place that we've quickly become. Um, So I think that's been a big thing and just sort of a, you know, we'll get through this and we've all, if, if, if we pick a direction along the way, it's not that we can't adjust the journey, right. And the pathway is going to be a little bit windy. Um, I think that's been a big thing for me too. It's like, okay, we started with some ideas that looked like this and now they're morphing. Um, So I think that's been a couple of them. So just trying things and finding ways to keep yourself motivated and
1: surrounded with good people. Kelsey, what is a book you have read in the last three years that you recommend most to others? Um, I love
2: reading. I think, um, you know, for me, I'm not a big TV and screen person, especially in this time. I'm like, once I'm done with the work day, I want to get off that screen. Um, so I just finished two books. I just finished, um, Untamed by Glennon Dowell, super fascinating fun book um it's it was a very good like confidence boost a bit of a girl power book um she writes just really lighthearted and fun um she had some great little parenting tips through in there and really neat perspectives on society which she wrote the book a few years ago but it was very pertinent to i think a lot of the the kind of social struggles our world is having today, so that was really fun. Um, I also usually like to read classics, and so I just read, uh, reread Rebecca. It was my grandmother's favorite book, so I always think it's fun to read those books that can connect you um, to people and and have conversations around. So Rebecca's a really good classic. If you haven't read it, it's a good. I haven't, book. and so I will add that to uh, to my list. Needs a break. I'm always I kind of go every
1: other, like a, a good for my mind, good for my soul type of book. <laughs> Love that. And what is, I know you said you you're getting off the screen as quickly as possible, but what is your favorite app and why?
2: Ooh, um, I'm on Asana a lot. We use Asana project management tool at Do Good Events. And so I'm on that a lot. And then I've brought it really into my home to be able to like, keep the grocery list and the things that need to get done. So I just can't get away from being a list person, I suppose. So
1: I definitely use that one probably the most. <laughs> Love it. What a, is a fun fact people would never guess about you?
2: Ooh, um let's see. I'm kind of a travel and adventure junkie. A little tougher with a young kiddo right now, but um been able to surf in Bali and bungee jump in New Zealand and go on a safari in Uganda and always kind of have this great bucket list of just adventure things that I I love to do that really I don't know, excite me and energize me. So, yeah, the one right, we're hoping to get to Iguazu Falls here soon. That's like the next big bucket list one. Iguazu Falls, where is that? It's on the Argentina Brazil border. So, Beautiful. super, it's always been fascinating. I think waterfalls are amazing. <laughs> so, we'll see. Finally, do you
1: have a morning routine?
2: You know That is funny you ask. Um, I, I was talking with you earlier that our three-year-old just went back to daycare this week. So I'm like readjusting my routine, but a staple for me for a long time has always been a morning run. Um, I like to get up. I sometimes I'll do like a quick five-minute meditation in bed if I'm struggling <laughs> um, with my mindset, but then I've always started the day with a run and it just helps me set the tone for my day, think through my day, prepare for moments in my day, um, or just let my mind subconsciously wander so I love starting my day with a run it's like a great check box right away <laughs>
1: And when you run do you listen to music No' not silent Silent. yes yep. so pretty much always ran silent and I just I love it You're the second person in the last two days that to, that's told me that 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 and that, that was exactly the same thing as this other person that used that time to kind of mentally go through
2: yeah. their
1: business and their life and it's just you're organizing things in your mind.
2: Yes. And it's beautiful. Like just the subconscious thoughts that pop up. You know, it's like you can brainstorm with people for an hour the day before. And then sometimes it's the middle of my run and I'm like, oh, that's it. That's the tagline. You know, it's just having that space. So yeah, it's always been something I love.
1: Kelsey, thank you so much for your time your energy, your enthusiasm and all your wisdom today. We look forward to hearing what the future of events is going to be like for those who are interested in connecting with you. All of the information to connect with Kelsey will be in the show notes. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Take care, everyone.
0: Thanks for joining us on Core Talent Connects. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app, and share this episode with a friend or colleague.
1: Hi, I'm Laura King from Core Talent. I'd like to invite you to visit CoreTalent.com to learn more about how Core Talent accelerates business growth through people. That's C O R T A L E N T.com. And if you're interested in having me speak on a panel or at your next event about the evolution of recruiting, modern workplace culture, retention, or employee engagement, please drop me a note at alking at coretalent.com or ping me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.